Quaffing Port Oh boy I do enjoy being outside and immersing myself in nature. I am trying to de-evolve and become a slug. Oh I sure am enjoying this delightful 100% natural yogurt. Would it be a blind grub wriggling about in a slimy cave somewhere? Oh no it seems my quaint little picnic has been completely overrun by bugs. Get your primordial legs back into the sea you bastard I will not be evolved into. What a lovely day. Return to nature. Hi guys, hello, 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 and welcome to Quaffic Port. Tonight we are taking it down a peg from our usual uh, highbrow antics, and we're going to have a, a single word topic, which um, is going to be different to the normal topics that we discuss, because it's going to be more casual. I don't know. I mean, uh, what do you think, Sam? Yeah, I think that's, it's, it's a chill. We're just going to sit real deep into our lazy boy. We've got our feet in that little bubbly bath thing. Uh, there's fish nibbling the dead skin off the end of my toes. Um, uh, you see what, that those things were like, there was a big scare when everyone was like, oh, those fish are going to give you AIDS. Well, basically, the fish were swimming around in like your skin flakes, and then they were swimming around in somebody else's skin flakes, and then in somebody else's skin flakes, and then you put your feet in with the fish, and then they eat parts of your feet off your foot. It doesn't sound very hygienic. I mean, the fish, just the fish part, chill. If, they, if I had my own set of those, then, you know, yeah, maybe I'd let them have a little nibble, you know, chew me, chew me feet <laughs> off. But yeah, only if it's my own feet. Not juice. a communal one. Not a communal one, no. Not, that's that, yeah, especially in this, this day and age. Oh. It's hard to imagine that now uh, in the post-COVID world or the, the currently COVID world. Uh, we're not post yet, but um, it's hard to imagine going in somewhere like that and having such a oddly, like, intimate experience with fish. Yeah, but I mean, do fish can fish carry the coronavirus? Maybe we haven't asked them. I don't think. Oh my gosh! So yeah, good job they did shut them down. Otherwise, you'd have an epidemic in the among the fish community as well. Yeah, not just like the human community. <laughs> so that's well. Our topic tonight we're going to talk about is uh, is nature, and um, we're, we're going to sort of theme theme a few discussions around it. And uh, yeah, we're just going to see where it takes us. So um, I like to go out and walk in nature. I'm a big fan of nature. I like to go out and uh, and experience it. And um, nearby where I live, um, there's there's a few paths that are unfortunately being steamrolled over by the iron fists of development and the building of big ass fuck ass shit new road um in like the side of where i live and it's very very unfortunate um it's cutting through a bunch of farmer fields it's cutting over some rivers and canals it's just uh, it's just a bad time altogether and they've cut down some of my favorite apple trees as well uh, which which was very upsetting for me the other day oh no when did they when did they get cut down I don't know, like quite recently, but it's um, it's depressing though, like to see to see all these places kind of disappear before your very eyes, and uh, they're paving, you know, 
paradise, Sam, and they're going to put up not a parking lot, but a, a road. Could put a road through it. Yeah, they're not even charging a dollar for the tree museum anymore. They yeah. just obliterated the tree. They've obliterated the tree museum and they've put a parking lot in it. It's like, well, at least they have the the tree museum. I mean, uh, we can all go there and enjoy. Sorry, it's nice and Ikea now. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I mean, it's like they're digging under Stonehenge, aren't they? I mean, that's not really that natural, but they're digging under it to like make a highway or something, some sort of like road, or they want to. There's a plan to. Well, there's there's already a quite a big road, really close to Stonehenge. It goes right past it, which you wouldn't think of. But the archaeological significance of the site is so great that they don't want them to pick, you know, any more of the ground over and and ruin potential findings. I think just one day there'll be like a big truck rumbling by it, and that'll be the straw that breaks the camp, and the whole thing just collapses, and that's revealing it. the like huge coliseum like structure underneath. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like an old little um, society of of Celtic um, pygmies living underneath it. I always think of like big lasers shooting up into the sky from like the center of these things, but that's because I've watched too many sci-fi movies. It's a bit like the the Death Star, how the, the, all the different lasers add up, and then they yeah, form yeah, they, like all the stones and Stonehenge just like come together. And no, I could I could point. totally see that happening as well. Yeah, hundred percent. It'd be kind of like that far uh, far planet was actually an elaborate like space construction project, like in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and they're in fact. You know, there are other forces at play and they've created our planet for their own means as a sort of giant machine. And we just happen to kind of, you know, evolve here out of the muck that kind of gathered on the outside of their machine. Yeah, we just haven't been you know, decontaminated yet. Someone's going to come back and like, oh, my, my planet's ready for um, for whatever, for, for harvesting. Oh, there's all these there's all these little grubs on it. Just <laughs> 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 Oh, God, it's got oh. things gro- it's all crawling around on there. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Disgusting. Leave something out for a few billion years, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we're just kind of intergalactic mold. Yeah, I mean that. I'm, you know, I'm feeling like intergalactic mold most days. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting theory. You heard it here first, guys. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so nature. I mean, nature. What does it mean? It means a lot of things. It means stuff that grows, but it also kind of means like you know the way of things. The nature of things, it's human nature, nature. people, yeah, like human nature. Like, what what is human nature, Sam? Uh, human nature is um, our guiding principles, Sam. It is. Um, I will wake up at three a.m. in the morning, and I will go and eat cheese, and then return to my bed. That's this kind of things is human nature. I thought you were going to like do the whole CEO thing and be like, I get up at three in the morning, <laughs> I go for an eight mile like run, and then I have like an ice bath, and then I like no, that's read completely the entire works of Plato before having like one grain of rice for breakfast. Yeah, no, no, that's the opposite. That's people who have forsaken their human nature. Well, where do you fail in the whole uh, like nature versus nurture debate, Sam? Is it even a debate? That's anymore? interesting. I'm not sure. I mean, um. I think there's there's definitely, as in what, as in just like the development of people and that kind of thing, or yeah, just what general, makes people yeah, where they are, where they are. No, I think um, I don't. I think, I'm I'm quite like in the nurture um, camp. I think really, I think a lot of people fundamentally have a similar, um, you know, sort of basis that you know they could kind of start from, and then it's environmental factors that Im- impact that. But I'm pretty certain. No, obviously there's you know genetics, or whatever that will maybe mean people. Are, 
are more likely to gravitate towards you know certain personalities and that kind of thing. But I I, I do generally think that I don't know it's odd because the, the human yeah you know, human being is a blank canvas when it's when it's born. Well, that's that was one theory. I mean. Um... Yeah, the, the sort of uh, blank slate theory. I can't remember who came up with that. It was probably some old English bloke. I should remember this from my philosophy years. But, um, I mean, I think that's, like, most of the story, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, oh, like, the more that science now. learns about our brains and how they work and all that kind of stuff shows you that there is quite a lot of nature at play, like the non-human like element to our kind of development. But yeah, How much of that is unique is... or how much of that is... Um unique between people how much of that is like a similar grounding that then just is affected by its external yeah exactly because like people are quite similar um you know they don't like to admit it but people are acting predictable ways and the larger the group is the more accurate people can make predictions about how people behave so there is that kind of similar element to us and we have that kind of group mentality sometimes free will is a myth religion is a joke yeah so like a lot of things say natural on them, don't they? But they're kind of far from it. Natural is always like banded around and used as like a, a term for like products or therapies or treatments. But like, what is nature in that in that way? Like, is it natural to have like substances in a bottle that we pour on ourselves? Like, is it natural to process things in the way that we do? Um, I don't think so. I mean, people have a kind of idealized version of nature in their heads when they present these ideas, but. A lot of nature is very like chaotic, isn't it? I mean, we could go down the whole uh, Werner Herzog thing again, but there's a lot of like madness in, in nature in the natural world. Yeah, it's not all you know, putting um, head and shoulders on underneath a waterfall and having like <laughs> butterflies fly out of your hair. Um, yeah, a lot of it is. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point actually about you know you eat all these things that say are oh, made with natural ingredients, but you know what it's made is something that is entirely unnatural. You could say like a plastic bottle made with natural ingredients. This used to be plankton, you know. It's all it's all entirely natural <laughs> kind of thing. But like, it's still as arbitrary as the next thing, you know. It's like stuff that is man-made is natural because man is a, a product of nature. Yeah, definitely. Like, at what point does it become not natural? Like, if you take like something out of the environment, you know, and you process it and process it and process it, like, at what point does it become an unnatural thing? I would say probably the minute you start to like process it, really. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but then it's like, how far back in like evolutionary does that kind of stuff have its roots? Yeah, how long? I mean, we look at the primitive world around us, don't we? I mean, there's no other animals who treat things like we do. Did I ever tell you what the definition of insanity is? Insanity is deciding to start a podcast. Far Cry. That's that's a game about nature. That's a game about using. Using plants to fuel a uh, holiday rampage on like a <laughs> tropical island. Yeah, that's true. That he uses nature in the correct way to make him into a berserker, um, you know, mad mass murdering uh, maniac in in the Far Cry games. Yeah, definitely. You just scoop up whatever like local plants you can, stick them in a syringe, and start like injecting them directly into your veins. Yeah, and all for the express purpose of being better at killing shit. Which is, of course, the one aim of most creatures in nature is death. It's the death drive, you see, Sam. It's um, the drive to kill and the drive to be destroyed. You know, when people say they want to return to nature, it's just that's just um, that's, I think that's just emblematic purely of the death drive. You want to be a completely, um, you want to be Bigfoot, basically. You want to be a, 
a, a creature that could just live on the edge, de- you know, life and death, dependent on, you know, how the hunt goes on that day. That's that's what people are, are starting to yearn for, I think, so. It's interesting that you should mention Bigfoot and nature and, and like, longing to return to that, because... I think we said this when we did the Bigfoot episode, but Bigfoot always, to me, represents this idea that there is some impenetrable part of nature out of there that human influence hasn't like exerted itself over. You know, there's there's a possibility that there's a giant creature like living out in the woods, completely oblivious to human life, or just like able to avoid it completely. A creature that we would never see or be able to recall evidence of, and that sort of like makes you think of an endless forest that you couldn't possibly you know see the see the limit of or you couldn't just explore overhead with a drone or whatever but there's nothing really out there that exists like that you know like we've had the technology and the, the travel and everything to to penetrate every part of nature and it's only the very small or the very very remote things that elude us now i mean the species that we discover are often you know no bigger than like a couple of inches tall or you know a tiny microscopic form of life that we've yet to discover or understand but i feel like a lot of the big stuff is not really going to slip through our net anymore no, that's that's that is I think very true. Yeah, unless I'm always holding out for some gigantic deep sea leviathan that we've, that's just again, that's the next Bigfoot. I think some sort of Predator X Megalodon style big fuck off monster in the sea. That's the, that's where, where I'm kind of hedging my bets for. Nothing else is going to be on land. Sasquatch, whatever King Kong. I'm sorry, that's you know I can't believe that. However, giant sea goop creature at the bottom of the ocean. I'll let my, that, my imagination can can support that. I feel like more than it can the, the Bigfoot guy. It kind of goes along with like the hollow earth theory as well. It's like the the depths of the ocean, like the very very deepest trenches of the ocean, could be like a passageway into the hollow earth, where underneath it's just like a a sealed almost world of like pitch black darkness and like glowing fish and lava flows and intense leviathan things like godzilla swimming around down there yeah now that kind of shit that's cool that's true nature yeah we've we've conquered nature in the overworld but down where the the salarians have have been (laughs) evolving for the past uh four billion years that's where that's where we should be going next the deep ones yeah yeah. popular uh, myth isn't it yeah honestly that would be hella cool um, if there was a society of subterranean lizard people who were, you know, sort of similarly evolved to humans and they had their own little, they had their own underground Asdas. And, um, like the Gungans from Star Wars. Like the uh, Gungans, yeah, but less um, <laughs> comical, I'll say. <laughs> now you don't want them to be all like, Misha, blah, 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 blah. No, they have dignity. These animals, I'm sure. These they uh, have dignity. These I mean, they probably think that we have dignity, but they'd be mistaken. No, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, hopefully for them, they haven't evolved technology yet, so we can't quite destroy their lives. And yeah, they can't, like, you know, build the Tesco's. They just have to swim around. In the swim dark. around in the dark again, as people should do. That's returning to nature. I want to be a blind. <laughs> Um, you know, mollusk creature living in a in a in a slime pool in the center of the earth. That's that is the tr- that's my true calling. You know, I mean that's all natural. It's all that's natural. It's all natural, made with one hundred percent natural algae and amoeba. People. I mean, we we've just described like a, a completely absurd uh, scenario there, but like in nature there are these absurd scenarios. Like you know, there are weird and wonderful things that happen in nature that you know, surprises and capture our imagination. 
and um, you know you wouldn't maybe even describe them as like something being like all natural or whatever. Sometimes it's like spooky and weird, and we don't quite understand it. But um, yeah, I'm definitely um, gonna like find these creatures down there and bottle the slime off their bodies and sell it as like a, a cure all and be like all natural like deep deep one slime. Yeah, deep you would sell one. That. Deep you could slime. Deep one. Deep one. Oh, that's that's the brand. Deep one. And we've got our slime range and uh, <laughs> our ooze uh, cream, like ooze jars. Yeah, I mean, we could broker some sort of deal, I guess. We need to, I, I wouldn't want to take it from them by force. I respect them too much, but I feel like we could give them a DVD box set to Frasier and in return they could let us um, siphon the goo, you know, from there. We could give them Kevin organs. Bacon. Yeah, we can. Yeah, Dean, just have Kevin Bacon. He can, just, can just straight up have him. I don't care. Yeah, we'll make a little. You can have a residence. We'll build him like a Las Vegas sort of casino place that he can sort of, you know, perform at, do stand up, you know, and uh, <laughs> the deep ones can come and enjoy a lovely evening with Kevin Bacon. Have you ever watched the film? Um, uh, fuck, I forgot what it's called now. What happens in it? <sighs> It's called it's called something to do with diving, but I've completely forgotten it. If I describe it, it maybe rings a bell. But um, basically, there's like a, a diving team, and they go real, real deep. Uh, and in order to breathe that deep, the air and is under so much pressure that it's impossible for them to breathe it uh, in the diving suits. So they invent this like liquid oxygen that you can breathe, and you have to basically like drown in it, like. Inhale the liquid into your lungs. Oh right! It's like it's like breathing after that because it just delivers oxygen to your system in the same way that breathing would do. But you've got to fill up your lungs with this like ooze, and it's like inside your sort of diving suit. Oh right! I thought that was like quite cool world building. So it's like a like a liquid that you breathe instead of uh, instead of a solid. Yeah, I was always I would love some sort of breathable water that you can just you know. Breathing out, that'd be it's just very cool experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I could just again, I want to return to my roots. I want to become a fish. Uh, I feel like um, that's my next step. I feel I need to make amends for that um, uh, Tiktaalik, whatever that creature was that took it, took its first fishy idiot moron steps onto land. <laughs> and just go back in time in your time machine and just like kick him back in. <laughs> Shoot like, him no. out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're making a mistake. This is a big bat just like clubbing them like <laughs> seals, leaving off their corpses. That'd be a cool guy to be. A guy who's determined to kill the human to, you know, stop um humanity from ever evolving. So he goes back in time to like club fish on a some island somewhere. I swear I saw this thing once, I might have just dreamed it, where this guy goes back in time and ejaculates into the primordial ooze. This like changing the dna of earth forever so that every creature alive has descended from him <laughs> so like he goes back to his timeline and then all of his like wife and like family will look exactly like him they have his face and like the dogs have his face and like the birds all have his face and everything has his face and it's just he's the like the godfather of everything that ever was created and he's like no like this is this is a nightmare like this can't be so he goes back in time with his like last charge of the time machine to try and reverse the 
future and he goes back and he sees himself like jerking up into the primordial ooze and he like shoots himself in the back of the head oh and then he goes back to his time and he's like ah oh, i've saved it because i stopped myself from like coming in the ooze but because he shot his brains out into that <laughs> yeah it's it's even worse now <laughs> it's like something else happens and i can't remember what oh, was i thought he didn't just die immediately but i guess once you've created cross back in time do you are you, are you two separate times now I guess. You I don't really know how you wouldn't, would you die? I feel Obviously. like if you believed in time travel, um, that it wouldn't be connected, right? It would be like. Is it more different... quantum? Yeah, because if you think of time as a dimension and we're all moving through it much in the same way that we move through physical space, that means that all points in time exist Separately, at the same time. Yeah. And also separately, but like it's kind of, I don't really know how, how it works, but then you would be able to go back in time and meet yourself and it wouldn't change you. Like if you cut off your own arm in the past, it, it wouldn't happen to you. We'll have to do this and we'll have to get, get the team together, crack the time machine out and just start killing Go back people. in time, go beat back you in time, up, kill me. see if you feel it in the future. <laughs> <laughs> so like we're like oh we explain it to the past version of you and he's like of course well let's start cutting my fingers off right now let's <laughs> see, see if it makes a difference yeah no i'd donate my body to science if um if that's what science was someone once told me time is a flat circle if everything we've ever done or will do we're gonna do over and over and over again Space, if you think about it, space is like the anti-nature. Yeah, oh my gosh, Sam, yeah, that's true. Uh, like, I never really thought of it that way, but that's quite a, um, yeah, a profound it's a statement. Segue, isn't it? It's a good segue <laughs> to our next segment. We're talking about um, going up, the last places to explore. Um, like, we can't really explore, there's a few unexplored sort of jungle areas with uncontacted tribes that we, we can sort of go through, to, but like, we've seen one undocumented tribe, I've seen them all, do everyone going, I would do really care about you know, these other guys. Leave them alone. They don't want to talk to us. The ocean, you know, cold, spooky. And then the other place really to like try to, to to push the boundary out would be space. You've been expanse pilled now. You've I'm expanse pilled. I have been like too expanse pilled. <laughs> You've had the juice inje- injected. The juice guy, yeah, give me the ready juice. Ready for G's. I love how they just let themselves get juiced up. That's a good time. I wish we had juice that we can just it looks so thick. It's though. so thick, yeah. Like what's it's like it mayonnaise being injected? They got the sweet mayo. As one uh, story part in the Expanse, it's, it talks about it's a, it's it's a good TV show actually. I'm I'm I've only just started watching it. Sam's um, a big fan, but um, one cool cool thing I quite like about it is that it's um it's like a cold war in the 23rd century between Earth and Mars, and Earth is this sort of managed it's a bit like almost like the it's like the, the west in, in our cold war this sort of managed established order that's just sort of keeping itself ticking over whereas mars is this brand new you know um idealistic you know uh, sort of project where a bunch of settlers have you know had a few generations of um people on this you know, barren rock and they're determined to turn it into a a green earth but you know they're sort of uh, almost like the, the, sort of the soviet union who had to do the job of Turning a, uh, a, a a very fractured and inhospitable land into some sort of uh, greater um, greater system with um, you know a fully united people. I feel, I feel like the show displays that quite well. 
but um it just i just wouldn't want the, the idea of like going out to, to terraform mars is just such a a sacrifice i don't think that you know you, you might want to go out and, and create nature and, and start some sort of actual you know um habitable planet on a place like mars but well that's the dream for them isn't yeah it? that they dream of it being a garden that everyone can walk around in freely because the reality of it is that it's so hostile to any form of life as we know it that you would die almost instantly if you just went outside, you know, without a, a suit on or anything. And, and that's that's terrifying because we live in a planet where we can breathe free air and there's no one in control over the air that we breathe. We can breathe as much air as we want and no one's quite charging us for it yet. Um, <laughs> but on Mars, way different story. You know, every air, every air you breathe in, every single unit of air... <laughs> You know that's on the clock, buddy. You know you've got to you've got to work for that air. It's not free. It has to be produced. Yeah, I almost kind of feel like it's maybe a little bit too optimistic. It, it gives the Mars in, uh, the expanse. It's good because it, it paints Mars as, of course, you know, it's all shades of grey and whatever. But um, Mars is, you know, the, while Earth is sort of getting given up, the Martians have a common purpose. You know that that um, drives them forward. Unlike the people who are from Earth, who are a bit more resigned to their, you know, sort of fate and want to maintain their superiority, but. I can imagine that Mars probably wouldn't be quite as in our in our world if we did actually. Oh yeah, like Mars. in in the expanse, Mars is a nation, but in the real world, it's going to be a corporation. Yes, precisely. Yeah, and it will be even more ruthlessly. Yeah, and I can just imagine it being even more ruthlessly um, like restrictive of you know oxygen and freedoms and that kind of thing than. Earth well, look at who we've got right now. We've got Elon Musk. And Jeff Bezos racing to get there first. They're both going to claim, like, fucking ownership of Mars, build their, like, space colonies. They're eventually going to share, like, a, an air border with each other. And it's going to be, like, you know, a two state, like. So there will be the, yeah, that, the Cold War, but not between Earth and Mars. It'll be, like, a Martian. Yeah, like, all the Tesla employees will be, like, fuck those Blue Origin employees. Or, sorry, SpaceX or whatever the fuck they're called. Blue Origin for fucking. Is that what he's called yeah. it? Blue Origin. He's called yeah. That's his space thing, Jeff Bezos. I guess because it's originating from the blue planet. Which yeah. Is Earth. Wow. No, that's very dumb. I mean, SpaceX is, sounds kind of cool. Blue Origin. You sounded like you said SpaceX. But, well, exactly. That's why I think that's why our, our good, good, good Papa Musk chose it because he's got a sense of humor, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't just seeing you in the warrior costume there. That was pretty good. Can you explain to me what happened in that skit? Because I don't, I'm too afraid to watch it myself. Oh, I've not watched it. I just like him in a warrior. Oh, you just seen the pictures. As I saw well. the picture of him as warrior. I thought, okay, you, you, that's he's on his, he's on his path to redemption. I think in my eyes. I didn't think Warrior was such a recognised character that he would be on Saturday Night Live. Like, was he on, is that Saturday Night Live? Know who Warrior is? Yeah, it was he was on Saturday Night Live and is he that was that's from? Oh, right. Well, I know people know who Mario is, but like, do people know who Wario is? Does that mean that people know who Waluigi is? <laughs> I can only hope people do. We must spread the word. I like how the Mormons are still around in the Expanse um, as a thing. Yeah, they're the main religion. Now. That's pretty good, and that, I I buy that. That's actually pretty pretty realistic. I, I find because they're all space guys anyway, aren't they? Right? They believe God lives on like some weird planet somewhere, and you just have to go and find them. 
I honestly confuse them with Scientologists, so I don't. It's not far off. Saying. It's not far off. They're, they're... They just wrote their own Bible. They're just like fuck the other one. Like we'll make a new one. Like a cool new. It's American. It's actually Christianity is only always American. Uh, yeah, we could do a whole episode about that guy who created Mormonism because his Jesus story Smith, is just a guy. crazy. Um, and I know it's probably been done like several other things, but um, it's it's worth revisiting uh, because yeah, I think we should get we should write that one down. We'll, we'll write that one down. <laughs> yeah, I got Tell the secretary. <laughs> I got accosted by some Mormons when we were in Leeds. I say accosted, they're very friendly and they wanted me to join. They asked me if I believed in love. And I said yes. What did you say? Yeah, it's two very attractive <laughs> young girls stopped me in the street and asked me if I believed in love, and I said, uh, "Well, yes." And, then, like, and you were like, "I do now." It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, your Mormons, damn, you got me." Ooh, <laughs> nice one. Well played. I've never seen Mormon girls. I've only ever seen the Mormon dudes. A mission turn has given rise to the belief that there are no Mormon women. Yeah, because normally we like talk for like another like few minutes anyway and then i'm like oh yeah i stopped recording so uh all of that gold all of that sheer fucking gold that happens after i stop recording doesn't make it into the podcast because uh you know sam sam sam's always cutting out my my a material that's you know i can't have you showing me up sam because I've, honestly there's zingers and bangers in there and i'm like i can't let people know that sam's the most charismatic <laughs> and you know articulate one on the podcast i edit your i i edit your um sentences slightly weirdly together to make it sound like you're sort of stumbling and stuttering over your words at times um oh, just to paint yeah. you with some you, sort you, like, of do that thing with my voice to make it sound really like nasally and like monotone <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah same <laughs> <laughs> well what i do is actually yeah. i actually get all of your lines um and I then all you the good stuff that you say, and then I redub myself saying, things, <laughs> and I just cut things of you, clips of you laughing, and that's pretty much every episode. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't laugh; he's going to use it against me. That's that would be so psychotic and hilarious <laughs> if you were just like noting down bits of things that I said, and you just re-edit it, record your own voiceover so it sounds like you said it, and I'm listening back to the podcast and like. Oh, I said that. Like, <laughs> just losing my mind. Like that sounds pretty, pretty, pretty sharp, pretty smart. Yeah, it's the ultimate <laughs> gaslight. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, well, it's right there, Sam, on the recording. I mean, you can't argue with that. Like, that's just the audio tracks that I've got. Like, yeah, from what you, what, what you're saying, you know, are you feeling alright? You know. I guess I could always just listen, listen back to. That's no, because I've got a plan. I've got a bug on your computer, and I'm gonna just. I've, I've got a back door. <laughs> I slide in, swap the audio files out. And you'll never know any any of the wiser. You listen back to your own recording, and you'll be like, oh, "I did. Oh, I guess I didn't say that. I guess I did just stay <laughs> perfectly still." Set <laughs> two different recorders up. It's incredible power, really, that you give to me. You know, as to edit. edit the I know show. you have like hours of my voice on end saying stuff, and if you took some of it out of context dubbed it into like a video of like you know me doing something you could like ruin my political I could career. probably severely damage your career in general actually I think with uh, a, a, the correct mixtape of, of the uh... to be honest even even if they just listen to this podcast <laughs> without you editing it <laughs> it's gonna damage my career <laughs> yeah even me earnestly editing it yeah no um yeah nobody must find this um if you're listening to this podcast, exactly. stop immediately. Thank you, daughter. Perhaps I treated you too harshly. Come on! Thanos is cool. 
Um, so he wants to go back to nature. He he goes at the end of the movie. He does. He goes and becomes Shrek. He becomes Shrek. He gets Shrek filled at the end of the Infinity uh, um, War. Just in his swamp, just like <laughs> bathing in mud and squirting slugs into his ears or whatever he does. <laughs> it's like, ugh. Like I'm born a grateful world, just buying an entire <laughs> caterpillar in half. <laughs> Pulling earwax. Doesn't Shrek at one point in the first film, right, make a candle out of his earwax? He does. Just by pulling it out. I had a friend across the street from, from when I was little, and um, he was a really weird kid. But when I was a kid, I didn't really fully understand how weird he was <laughs> because to me, he was just another kid. He was a kid, yeah. But looking back on it, he was weird as hell, and like. He was trying to make his own <laughs> because he'd seen it on Shrek. So basically what he would do is he would just like gob a bunch of like earwax on his finger and he had this jar in his bed that he was keeping secret from his parents and he would just like smear the, the How much wax, wax on the inside of his jar. Not a lot. I mean, enough to sort of like, you know, mean that the jar wasn't necessarily see-through as it used to be. But it, it was just an like, earwax you know, jar. Show me yeah. it. It was just like smeared grease and earwax around cool. the jar. Like, that's, <laughs> he was an odd, yeah. <laughs> odd child. That scene in Shrek does look very satisfying, just to pull that sheer amount of wax out of the ear. You know, that must be a great but Did he, theory. like, put a wick in his ear <laughs> as well, so that, like, he could, like, capture it all? I don't know. He's, like, put a piece of string in each ear, and then he can just, like wait for it to accumulate, and then pull them out, and they're fully formed candles. Yeah, he totally could do. And it, it's like a nice scented aroma candle as well, you know? Like the wax will have totally. its own... Yeah, have its own sort of incense vibe to it. <laughs> I want to see one of those like YouTube videos where you know like I did like I followed X like Hugh Jackman's like training routine or whatever. <laughs> I want to see like I followed Shrek's morning routine. It's like you like write down everything he does in the first like five minutes of the film. It's like brushes his oh, teeth with a slug, <laughs> um, like rolls in mud, <laughs> and just do that one day and you know see what the results are. I mean, you may feel amazing afterwards. Did it every different month? I'd say turn me into an ogre. <laughs> yeah, like day twenty three. It's like my ogre. My my tolerance for other people is reducing by the day. <laughs> Anytime I see someone enter the area which I'm in, I'm filled with lust and rage. I'm talking in an absurd Scottish accent. Donkey. <laughs> 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 see, I was going to say that the whole film is like about kind of like. The degeneration of like Western culture and like, <laughs> you know like the interbreeding of like different races contributing to the downfall of society and stuff. Yeah. Okay. No. I, yeah. I'm. I'm picking up what you're putting down there. You know, because like the princess chooses to like end her own like human like Western like bloodline and like she refuses to continue the Western like fairy tale traditions. It's like, you know, like the traditional fairy story that our white ancestors have written was mocked and destroyed in that in that film. Uh, and so was her like white skin and her like attractive female body. And she was given to an ogre. She chose to be an ogre. She chose to be a degenerate swamp dwelling oh, beast. Oh. <laughs> Children, well, if you're watching Shrek, oh well, <laughs> it actually encourages you uh, to be a an ogre, hmm? you know. <laughs> in this film, somehow, in the film, being an ogre is is good. But he's he's a monster, you know. He doesn't he doesn't read books. 
He's crass. But that's that's the youth of today. Bucko. <laughs> he sounds a bit like the um, the Pinocchio guy from uh, Shrek. That actually, like the Jordan Peterson impression that we were obviously doing. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 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 He, he could be the Pinocchio guy from Shrek. I'm really waiting for John Peterson to transition into like act, voice acting. Like he fails. He could be in Rick and Morty. He could be in Rick and Morty. <laughs> he could be like in Shrek Five. He could play Shrek's dad or something. <laughs> Why doesn't yeah. he do like cameo appearances like Elon Musk? I mean, exactly. Imagine Jordan Peterson on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that'd be cool as hell. Him just dressed as <laughs> yeah, him as Wally Ouija. Oh my god. Yes. That's the alternative universe we need. I think more of that, yeah. I just want to see him in like a Disney film. Playing like Woody's brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Starring Jordan Peterson. B. Peterson as Woody's dad. <laughs> wow, Woody! Well, Woody, if you, uh, if you <laughs> just clean your foot, you can't let somebody else write their name on you like your, your property. Yeah, the, ex- the extended Jordan Peterson. I mean, if you've hung around, if 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 this makes it in, you know, if if you've hung around for the extended Jordan Peterson impression, you know, congratulations because you uh, put more effort into this podcast than we. Have. <laughs> <laughs> Only for this week, though, gentle listener, we've got. Yeah, no, seriously, yeah, we've just listened to that. We've got a, a, a litany of ideas and plans for the other weeks. We just neglected to do this one, um, so this is why you're getting a more freeform. And an exciting podcast, really, because it twists, it turns. You know, you can't look at the tin and say, <laughs> "I know what's going to be in this tin." We don't. We book those trends and and, and ideas. So you know, you've got a nice, fresh, and yeah, we had sample. we had a content plan. We had a very solid content we plan, do. but then we just forgot that this week existed, and there was just a gap. And um, and that's how organised we are. We we just left a whole week gap. But yeah, come back next week, and uh, we're issuing a very special film review um 20th episode um it's not gonna be episode 20 is it but um At let's just point. call it episode 20 we'll skip a few and it's gonna be um spring breakers we're gonna review the movie spring breakers we're gonna speak our thoughts on it it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time i'm looking forward to watching it again it's it's a masterpiece i'm also looking forward to that yes uh, until then we are out of here Hello. It is me, Thanos. I am up in heaven after being decapitated by Shrek. Which means I can sit on my farm, smoke blunts and listen to the Quaffing Port podcast. Unfortunately, there is no social media in the afterlife so I am unable to see the wonderful posts from the Quaffing Port Twitter and Instagram. Anyway, I must be going. There is a party at Barry Chuckles place and I don't want to miss it. Goodbye.